at Samuel chapter number 23. And let's stand. We should begin reading in verse number 8, 2 Samuel 23 and verse number 8. Amen. Appreciate Brother Henderson's faithfulness over the years. 2 Samuel 23 and verse 8 said, These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adino the Esnite. He lift up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. Now I tried to tell you, these folks right here are bad to the bone. Verse 9, and after him was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahoahite. That ought to make you feel good about your name, whatever it is, amen. Whatever your name is. Said one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were, and the Bible said this, they gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines under his hand was weary, and his hand clave under the sword, and the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. Verse 11, and after him was Shammai, the son of Aji, the Herorite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Thank you. You can be seated. I do appreciate you standing for the reading of the Word of God. Now, we read about some of these men, three of David's mighty men who fought for the king uh, against the Philistines. And these men, they were trained, and they were a team, and they were tough. But I want to look at one of these soldiers who went out on his own and stood his ground when nobody else was around. Now, I'm going to preach on that this morning, on standing your ground when nobody else is around. Because there is going to come a time in your life, and it might be against your family, it might be against somebody in your job, it might be somebody even that you think that is a good Christian individual, but there's going to be times where you are going to have to stand alone. There's going to be times where we as a church are going to have to stand alone. And when the Philistines gather themselves, or if the world gathers themselves against us, we are going to have to stand our ground when nobody else is around. Now, if he'd have run away like all the others did, he could have been like everybody else. And I'm just going to tell you this morning, I don't want to have a church like everybody else has. I don't want to have Christianity like everybody else has. And what I'm talking about is some people think just Christianity is just showing up every once in a while and saying amen once or twice, once or twice a month, and that's just it. But that's not all there is about Christianity. Christianity is living for Jesus. It's not just being saved, and that is the most important thing is being saved by the grace of God but that's not all there is to it Jesus told them that they were to evangelize and then baptize but then he said to stabilize and so that is part of the great command that's found in the word of God he personally would have been defeated but the enemy would have won and the enemy would have had bragging rights and the Philistines would have got the property uh, that he was sent to defend and I'll tell you this the word of God that we have in our King James Bible and old fashioned praise 
praying and preaching and singing and shouting and praising God and propagating the gospel and holy living and the reputation of the church and our families and our young people are worth taking a stand and worth doing right uh, for the next generation. Uh, and we must take our stand for the church uh, because we need to stand for what is right and that is what is important according to the word of God. If we who claim the things of God, if we do not take our stand, what if this man named Shema said, well, you know, nobody else is standing with me. Nobody else is fighting with me. Nobody else is facing the world, the flesh and the devil. Nobody else is going toe-to-toe with the enemy, so why should I? If he'd have done that, a whole nation would have suffered defeat because one man took a stand. Thank God for that, amen? I mean, we could stand back. If you just want to stand back, don't want to ruffle nobody's feathers and just watch the world go the ways of the world. I watch the church go the ways of the world. We could ease up. We could let up a little bit. Now listen, I, I've been so sweet here lately, just near about giving you a toothache, all right? But I've got some things backed up this morning. We could ease up a little bit. We could let up a little bit. I know sometimes people say, well, you, know, you ought to let up a little bit. You ought not browbeat everybody to death. You ought not, to, you know, we need to break every now and then. I tell you, the Bible says this, that we are to stand fast in the faith. That means you stand your ground. It said, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand, it says stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth. And I'm telling you this, we're not going to be able to stand without the truth. And I'm going to tell you something this morning. And I, I'm preaching to us inside this four walls. Visitors, we're glad you're here, alright? But I'm going to say this, uh, in these four walls there's going to be some things that we may have to face as a church. There's going to be some things that we may have to face individually but we need to face them together. And I said that to say this, the thing, you look at this, you look at some people, they go somewhere where they ain't nobody going to say nothing about nobody. They wouldn't holler sin if the hog got after them, wouldn't preach sin against anything, wouldn't say nothing against nobody. But you watch that same crowd when the storm comes, when the battles come, when the tough times come, hear what happened. They'll kick out, they'll get mad, they'll get upset because truth will strengthen you and truth will help you and truth will sustain you and the Bible said we are to gird our loins with the truth. Amen? Hey, it takes the truth to make us stand. It takes the truth to make us go through the battles of this world. It takes the truth to strengthen us. Amen? You look at verse number 11. I'm talking about this man, uh, Shema. Amen? You will not say shame on Shema. That's a subtitle, all right? And we could just stand back. We could just run away. We could hide until the enemy tramples everything that's been wrought, until he stampedes everything. And that's what would have happened had this man Shema not took a stand. And uh, the Bible said this in verse number 11, talking about this fellow. He said, and after him was Shema the son of Aji the Hararite. You say, where's that at? Well, uh, that tells me, if you look at this and just study a little bit about the text, this individual, his daddy, and no doubt this man Shema, was the, well, some of the people that lived in the mountainous country. They were somebody that lived up in the mountains. They were hill people. They lived back in the sticks. They lived back in the holler. Uh, they lived back in the mountains. And they lived in the hill country of Judea, or what would be called as 
Hebron. Now we've been looking at that on Wednesday nights there in the book of Joshua. If you're here on Wednesday night, you know about Hebron. But the Bible said in Numbers 13 and verse 28, said, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities were walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The reason I read that is that's where this fellow's from. He's from Hebron. He was raised up in the mountains. He was raised up in the hill. I don't know if one leg was longer than the other, but he was a hill man. He was a mountain man, amen? He was pretty rough. He was pretty tough. But he'd heard those stories about Caleb fighting the giants. Hebron was a land of giants. It was a land land of big people. It was a land of the people who were large folk. I mean, they were giants. And no doubt, Miss Jimmy, he had heard about the stories of Caleb. He had heard about the stories of his forefathers. His daddy told him, son, it hadn't always been like this, but we had a man named Caleb and we had some other people in Hebron that fought the battle, that stayed in there and fought against the giants of this world. Hey, listen, I know we cannot dwell on the past and I know we can't live in the past, but I'm telling you the past ought to live in us. And I understand we need to go on and move on. I preach that a lot. And I tell you, I I think a lot of times uh, we don't need to dwell in the past, but I do like hearing about the past. I do like hearing about the stories. Uh, when somebody had preached and 75 gets saved, I'm talking about 75 really gets saved. I'm talking about when God would move in the 50s and 60s and 70s. I love hearing the stories about how that men of God would get up and preach and they may not have had everything right and they may not have known what harmatiology was or pneumatology or soteriology and they may not have known what a discourse was but I'm telling you they've been spending time with God somewhere back in the pine thicket or in the mountain somewhere or back in a prayer altar. Honey, when they got to church, they was full of the Holy Ghost of God. They may not could have read, they may not have been able to pronounce Mephibosheth. They may not have been able to pronounce all those fancy words in the Bible. But I tell you what, they had God on them and they had a message from God and people got right with God because of that. This man Shema had heard all about that and that past, no doubt, was still living in this man. But you know this, hey listen, we need to fight and I thought this pretty good. Y'all hang in here. I kind of made some quotes together. Even though we're winners, we need to keep fighting the good fight of faith like we're losing. I'm going to say that again. Even though we're winners, we need to keep fighting the good fight of faith like we're losing. Because if you don't watch it, everybody will ease up and everybody will start Cadillacing, and that's what happened in the text. I tell you, when the enemy shows up, look at the opposition. The Bible said it was the Philistines, and they, of course, were the enemies of Jehovah God. And the Philistines attacked the people of God, and the Bible said that they were gathered together. That means this man was greatly outnumbered. John 15 and verse 18 said, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. I tell you, there are battles that are within and there are battles that are without. My Bible tells me if you can get along with this world, you see people now and they say, well, I'm a Christian and I'm this and I'm that and I'm Reverend Wonderful and I'm all this and I'm a great Christian and they show up on Ellen DeGeneres and they show up on some of these ungodly television shows and they show up on some of these talk shows and if they can blend in and get along with all that, that's not biblical Christianity. Amen. I'm not trying to make no enemies, but listen, I'm not here to lie to you either. 
I'm going to tell you the truth. This crowd that can get along with everybody and Joel Osteen and some of these other ones, they can just get along with everybody. I mean, they can go in and I mean, listen, they just shake hands with everybody and everything will be all right. And you know, everything's going to be good and it's going to be the best day of your life. Man, alive. I tell you what, I, I mean, I just about go to, well, no, I ain't going to say I go to Jehovah's Witness, but I, I tell you what, I'd, I'd go somewhere else other than that. I'm just telling you, today may be the best day of your life. Today may be the worst. You might walk out this door and they may something. I listen, I don't know all about that, but I'm telling you, all this patting on the head and little Lily's grave and all these poem tellers, and I might tell a poem every now and then. Roses red and violets are blue, and every once in a while, I need to preach the devil out of you. Amen? I mean, listen, I, I might tell you a poem. I might give you a quote or something like that, but I'm telling you, we need to get some wherewithal about us to be like Shema and say, we're going to stand alone. I mean, listen, we might have to stand by ourselves but we are going to stand. And you know what? He was in the field of lentils. You know what that is? That's beans. Probably uh, like English peas or something. And I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of people that, now listen, you ain't getting my corn and uh, you can have all the okra we want. You, you won't. We can't keep up with the okra anyhow. But you, you can't get our corn. You're not getting our wheat. Here's what he said. He said, you ain't even getting the beans. Now, the reason I said that, this wasn't a pricey field. This wasn't something that most people would defend. This is something that would look priceless. I mean, uh, not, not pricey. This was something that would look worthless. This would not be something that was precious. This would not be something that is priceless. Here are the Philistines, and they just come, and they just going to take the field because they think they can. And they're going to come in during a time of harvest. And here's what he said. He said, no, it may not look like a whole lot to you, but this means a whole lot to me. And most people would see this worthless. But here's what Shema said. He said, it's not worthless to me. God put me over this property. God made me to occupy this land. God put me down here to take care of this field. I'm telling you, we ought to have something about us that it is worth something. I tell you, this King James Bible, people look at it. They make fun of it. They say, oh, you're just, oh, you're one of them King James. You're so antiquated and you're so outdated. I'm telling you what, honey, you can't improve on the Word of God. The Word of God is what it always has been, always will be. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Hey, we ain't going to a different version. Praise God, why would I go to something else when we've got the perfect Word of God? Amen. And what a lot of churches do, they say, well, you know, I don't understand that King James. And they say, well, do you think the, the disciples walked around and went thee and thou and ye and your, and they're making fun and belittling a King James Bible. But I'm going to tell what right now? Honey, most of this crowd that said they're getting saved and say they're having a great move of God. They're using these funny versions. They're using these old dead books. Thank God for the word of God. Amen. That'll still get the job done. And it's worth defending. And it's worth standing for. It would seem worthless to a lot of people. But they come in they say, hey, we're going to take it. And what an honor it is for just to labor for something that might look worthless to this world. They say, man, why are you wasting your time? You're going to that church. Y'all going on. You go to church again? 
You're going on Wednesday night. You're going to church on Sunday morning. And Sunday night, it looks worthless to this world. They don't understand why that we do what we do. Honey, I'm telling you, the reason they don't understand is because they didn't see most of us where we was when God found us and changed our life and put a hunger in our heart for the word of God and the people of God. Amen. It ought to mean something to you and I. What an honor it was. And I tell you what they did, the enemy, they showed up when it come harvest time. They showed up when the blessings come. They showed up to, to, even to them. They was like, well, you know, let's just go down there because it's harvest time. Harvest time's a great joy. It's a time of blessings of God. And that's when the adversary likes to rear his head. 1 Thessalonians 2.18, wherefore we would have come unto you. Even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hath hindered us. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. I mean, listen, they were together about the Philistines, and they wanted life, and they wanted the land. Ephesians 4 and verse 27 said, neither give place to the devil. And the word place refers to a specific marked off geographical location. And here's what Shema said. He said, I know it don't look like a whole lot to you, and I know it's not a good blessing to you. You're just going to come in, take it because you think you can. And you're going to come in just try to spoil our harvest. And you're going to come in try to ruin things for us. Uh, but he said you're not getting this property. He put up a no trespassing sign. And then listen, I don't know exactly how, how he did and how he fought. But I tell you what he did do. He stood in the midst of the ground and defeated it and slew the Philistine. Now listen, I don't know how he did it. I don't know if he did it with a ball bat. I don't know if he did it with this thing right here. Uh, whatever it is, I tell you what he did. He said, I had a Tell you what, if the first person steps on this property, I'm gonna hit you so fast, you'll be saying y'all quit. And it won't be but one of them, amen. I don't know how he did it. But I tell you what, he said, you're not getting this property. You're not getting this land. And I tell you what, and I'm not talking about getting in a fight out there in the parking lot with a tire tool. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. I'm talking about taking a stand. I'm talking about saying, no, listen, you're not, hey, Sunday school teachers, you ought to stand up and say, oh no, you're not getting our Sunday school class. Amen. Oh, no, you're not getting this property. You're not getting our Bible. You're not getting our worship. You're not getting our children. You're not getting our youth choir. And we ought to take a stand one at a time. I mean, we ought to stay in there. And I'm just saying, well, I tell you what, you come on in here, and I'm going to talk you on top of the head. I mean, you, you know, you may, you may beat me, but you're going to know you've been in a battle. Spiritually, you and I need to have that attitude. Now, I'm not talking about what somebody would think about whipping people and getting them saved. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. Amen. But I am talking about taking a stand. I'm talking about, listen, here's what Shema said. He said, oh, no, you're not bringing that wickedness in here. You're not bringing that Philistine way in here. Amen. Hey, listen, I'm all for technology, believe it or not. I mean, I really am. I like technology. Amen, I feel like that other fellow. That thing's cleaving to my hand. I can't get rid of it. Amen, it's like some people's cell phones. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. I'm just telling you. Now, here's what happened. They said, no, we're going to come on this property and we're going to take it. And Shema said, oh, no, you're not. He said, I'm defending this property. You know what everybody in this church ought to do? Member or non-member? If you come to this church and you think enough of this church and you think enough of this way, we got started right. And hey, it ain't cause, it ain't cause of any, it's cause God. 
I mean, listen, you can go wherever you want to, get patted on the head, they'd already be out. Let's see. Oh, my, it's after 12 o'clock. They're done eating egg rolls now. I mean, they're done down yonder. I mean, listen, they done down exactness. I mean, they done got the tongue torch going. They done got their extra Zach sauce. I mean, they're done down there to Captain D's getting their arteries clogged. They're already down. I mean, listen, right now, they say, my goodness, what are y'all having down there? Y'all meeting for Congress? Y'all don't get out till 12, 30, or 1 o'clock. Honey, I remember when I come to Concord Baptist Church, you were doing good when you got out at 1 o'clock. You didn't even have no preaching if you got out at 1 o'clock. Ain't that right? Amen. I remember when I was a little boy when we went here years ago in that old, old building and Brother Allen would get up and I mean, he would do this yes, every once in a while and it's vivid, Daddy, in my mind. The preacher would get up. I mean, I was a little bitty boy and he'd just stand up, Miss Jimmy. He wouldn't give a, he wouldn't give a segue into it or nothing. He'd just stand up and he'd, he'd get behind the pulpit and he'd say, you're free to go. When he'd say that as a little boy, I said, yeah. I mean, listen, I was ready to get out. Now I'm ready to get in. Amen. I mean, listen, I don't want to die a martyr's death and being drugged to death. And I try to, we try to keep everything moving. But I'm telling you what, here's what he said. He said, no, I'm standing on this property. Ever how long it takes, ever how much it takes, I'm gonna muster up every bit of strength that I have because this is valuable to me. Amen, it ought to be valuable to you. And you ought to say, you're not getting an inch of ground because he'll take every inch he can of the devil and the world and the flesh. He don't mind us having church around here. He don't mind us having a little social gathering. He don't mind us getting together and, well, let me go down there and hook up a business deal. Let me make me some business connections. Let me go down there to that church and I'll get socialized. I mean, I'll get in there and hook it up. Honey, you're not getting in the Masons. I mean, this ain't the Masons. You're not joining the Elks Lodge or the Moose Lodge or anything like that. Honey, this is a church. This is the house of God, amen. I mean, this is the church. And they don't mind us even having church. But when you decide that you're not satisfied to be like everybody else, when you decide that you're really gonna take a stand, when you decide you say, well, you know what? It may not sit real well with my family. But I tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm just going on with God. Amen. I tell you what, if I, and I appreciate people in this church that are coming to this church, but I'm gonna tell you what, if I went to a dead church, if I went to a church where the preacher got up, boy, I sure am glad I'm saved. This is good to be saved. Boy, God's good, ain't he? He's really, really blessed us. All right, well, let's read a verse and go home. I know y'all are tired. Amen. If you're tired, serve God when you're tired. Amen. There'll be time to lay the load down when you get home. Hey, you ought to go to church. And I'm not talking about some football game atmosphere, but I'm telling you what, if people can get excited about things going on in this world, right now they're talking about the playoffs. I don't know who's doing what and what all that's going on. But right now they say, well, we got to get, I don't know what time the game kicks off. They used to kick off at one o'clock. I don't know if they do, nor do I care if they do. All right, but we got to get them out. I mean, we got to get them out. We can't, we can't do that. We got to get them out of here by one o'clock. We got to get them out of here where they can, where they dropping green down at Bristol. We got to get them out of here. I tell you what's going to happen. They're they going to have people that are anemic. 
I'm talking about anemic people. Are they saved? Some of them probably are. I'm on it. Some of them probably are. They just don't want to leave. Or they just don't want the battle. Or they just don't want the fight. You may not want the fight and you may not want the battle, but you're not going to have the victory either, amen. You're not going to have the victory if, unless you are in a battle. And here's what happened. Somebody they said, well, you know, you, you know here's Shammah said, now listen now. <laughs> now listen, don't, don't you think that we can, uh, I don't need this right here. Can we negotiate a little bit? Can't we just, can't we just all get along? Why, Brother Randy? Well, why in the world? Well, can't we just all get along? Well, what's wrong with them preaching there? Well, why in the world? Can't we all just ought to get along? Why, Concord, y'all just a bunch of legalists? <laughs> well, we ought to be able to get along. We ought to be able to have fellowship with everybody around here. It don't matter. Really, what you look, it don't matter where you go. It don't matter what Bible you read. We ought to all want to come together. We all want to get together. That's what the Philistines did. The Philistines said, let's all of us gather together and go against Shema. Said, uh, Shema said, no, the negotiation time's over with. The negotiate, the swinging a deal time is over with. You're not making a deal. You don't get you don't get the option of taking the curtain or taking the car or whatever. You don't get the option of taking the box. He said, No, this thing is non-negotiable. I'm not giving up this property. I'm not giving up this land. And that's a, hey, listen, they didn't like that. You say, why is that? Because the odds. They said, You're talking about one, here comes the Philistine. They said, one man. One man, what are the odds of that? I'm telling you, if you've got God on your side and you are standing for truth, then you and God are a majority. The opposition, but what are the odds? What are the odds that one man would be able to stave off an entire army? That one man, I don't know how, it, I mean, so you're talking about a, a side-by-side. He was riding around, had to be on a razor or something like that. I mean, he's defending the whole bean patch. One man. Now, you're talking about fast, furious, a fighter. I mean, he'd run over here. And he'd run over here, and he'd be. I mean, you're talking about taking him out, friend. He defended the whole battle. He defended the whole field. That field of harvest turned into a battlefield. That's where we are today. Honey, it's a battlefield, brother. It's not a recreation room anymore. Playtime's over with. And y'all know I like having a good time. And I like telling a bad joke. And I tell them a lot. But I'm telling you, friend, playtime's over with. When it comes to the property, when it comes to spiritual property, when it comes to ground that's worth fighting for, it's worth the labor. It's worth the fight. It's worth the running around. Amen? I mean, he's a running around everywhere. You know what Shema means? Shema means astonishment. Astonishment. You say, Brother Randy, do you believe that these mighty men did what the Bible said they did? Yes. I believe one man whipped a whole outfit and the sword claved his hand. <laughs> he couldn't get it. And I believe this man, Shema, his name means astonishment. You say, why do you say that? It's an astonishing fact of what one man could do for God. It would astonish you what you can do for God. It would astound you what you can do for God. It would amaze you what you personally, I'm not talking about a preacher. I'm not talking about a Sunday school teacher. I'm not talking about a deacon. It would astonish you what God would do. 
Miss Jimmy, as I, as, as I went up there, those guys, and if you hadn't seen it, please go look at what has been accomplished at the camp. I mean, the walls are up. A, sheet, a lot of the sheetrock is up. I mean, they're they going to be pulling wires here the next time they come. I mean, it is amazing. Miss Jimmy, what hit me? If 25 years ago, I showed up to Faith Baptist Camp, set by myself in the November camp meeting of 1997. That was before God called me to preach. And I'm sitting there in October of 1997, sitting by myself on a pew, saved by the grace of God. And now I look 25 years later and I step on that property and I see what God has done. And I see, Brother Wayne, he's gone. You're talking about exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or take. Brother Tim Martin, did you ever think that you'd be serving God, preaching in a prison of where you and Miss Tina was before you got right with God? Buddy, I'm telling you, God, don't, don't do a contract with God. You'll cheat yourself. Don't, don't swing no deal with him. You'll cheat yourself out of a whole lot of blessing. If I wasn't so big, amen, I'd get in that box. I'm telling you, friend, God will go way above what you think. He'll go way above. Honey, he'll exceed. He'll take you higher. I mean, if I had, if everybody had what I had, I'd shut down every dope dealer. I'd shut down every meth lab. Budweiser be out of business. Jack Daniels would shut the door. Evan Williams would have a heart attack. Amen. I'm just telling you, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen, Pop. You all right? Are you with us? All right. Amen. I'm just telling you, Fred, he'll go well. It'll astonish you what God will do in your life. Amen. Well, I, I won't be able to have no fun no more. Oh, oh, oh my. Oh, oh, I'll tell you what, where, where's my shoes at? Amen. Now, that did happen one time. I got so far out, I mean, <laughs> I'm, talking about, I'm talking about on the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about on some kind of drugs. Amen. Amen. I, I'm talking about clean, clean. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, he has took me so much further. And, I, and I'm not talking about something mystical. And I'm not talking about, Brother Ray, I'm not talking about feelings. But I'm going to tell you this. When I got saved, when I got saved, it, I got up off my knees. Miss Jimmy, I didn't hardly knew, I hardly knew, and I don't know, probably know a whole lot today. You could say amen right there. I probably don't know a whole lot. But I'm telling you what, friend. For the first time in my life, I was clean and I was free. I was free. Oh, my. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, you, they putting you under these all these legalistic rules. You, you got to go down there and you really got to look like somebody. I mean, I mean, listen, friend, that you can say what you want to. They say, well, let's make everybody comfortable. Hey, if you're not right with God this morning, I don't want you comfortable. I want you welcome. You're welcome to be here. I'm glad you're here. I want you to come back. We want you to come back. And if you think we all got it all together, you say, I've been here 25 years. <laughs> we all ain't got it all together. But I'm telling you what, we're going to stay together. Because Jesus put us together. Love will keep us together. And that's what we're going to do. Amen. You may not have it all together, praise God, but you can get to somewhere where they're going to tell you truth stand some ground. Hey, you say, well, Brother Randy, well, you know, it's getting hard. It's getting, it's getting hard. Honey, you don't quit the job when it gets hard. You quit the job when the job's over with. Honey, you lace up. 
Put you a knee brace on, praise God. Tighten your belt up. Go to chiropractor. Do whatever, boys. Y'all don't get Y'all don't quit. Thank God. My boys may not be everything, but they're not quitters. If I hear y'all quitting, hey amen, I'm telling you what. Eh? You don't quit when it gets hard, and you don't quit when it gets tough. You quit when the job's done. You quit when it's over. You say, when is that? When Jesus comes in glory bright, there'll be the lonely shades of night. All sorrows will be past. Eternal joy at last. When Jesus comes in the clouds, and he's coming in the clouds, but until then, hallelujah, I mean, just keep hammering it down. Uh, keep stepping one step at a time. Uh, stay in the word of God. Uh, stay faithful to God. Keep fighting, amen. Stay in the battle. Don't throw your sword down. Uh, there'll be enough time. Hey, listen, be, while the ages roll, uh, we can praise him and we can rest a little while. But we'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes and we'll be gathered home. Amen. Amen. Thank God. You say, well, you can't sing. I can't preach either, praise God, but you're captive, and we lock the doors at 15 after 11. Hallelujah. And that ain't no lie there. <laughs> we really do. Amen. It's like getting in the Amish. You can get out, but you can't get in. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Let me get me in right here, everybody. The opposition. Amen. Because we live in a society, oh, you need to be tolerance right now. Tolerance. Tolerance. Well, you gotta be to, you gotta tolerate everybody. You gotta, hey, listen, why does that apply to everything but Christianity? Tolerance applies to everything but Christianity. And listen, I, I'll tell you, this has come to my mind right now. There, there is a particular football coach that has taken a job at another university. I mean, now listen. I'm not judging the man, but I'm just saying, all right? Brother Mike, they pray in Jesus' name. They, he tells the players about, you know, now again, I'm not going to give you his name. I'm not judging the man. That's between him and God. But I thought, I mean, every time they start, they start practice, he gives them a motivational speech, and they pray. And every time they pray in Jesus' name, every time. I thought, now wait a minute now. If somebody else had done that, if somebody else be praying in Jesus' name, if Dabo Sweeney would have done that, amen, if Kirby, Kirby Smart ain't gonna do that, but if Dabo Sweeney would have done that, why then, <laughs> we're coming to you live now from Clemson University, and if, if some, some other coaches had done that, oh my, I mean, you're talking about stirring up a stink. Right now, they're talking about Brother Jamie, we need to tolerate everything, need to tolerate everybody, tolerate this. They just wanna tolerate you if you're specific people, oh, as long as you say everything's all right, if you don't preach against sin, if you don't tell them Jesus is the only way, if you'll compromise just a little bit, say, well, you know, God didn't send me down here as a judge. No, God sent us down here to tell them what the judge said. And I'm not the judge nor the jury, but I am the representative of the judge. And here's what Shemal said. He said, no. We're not going to do that, amen? So here's what happened. Well, 
you just feel you just feel guilty. You just feel guilty because of something that happened to you. And you're feeling guilty because you've been placed under these standards of these older generations. And you just feel bad on the inside because you've made to be felt bad. Know what happens is when the truth is preached and when our sin, hey, I didn't fly in here with no halos tacked to my head and wings to my back. When our sin is preached against and when the Bible exposes who we are, one of two things happen. We either receive it and say, you know what, that's right. I'm not right, but that's right. Or we say, I tell you what, I don't have to put up with this. I'll go somewhere else. You can. You can go somewhere else. And there are other places to go. And there are the good churches. I'm not saying we're the only game in town. But I am saying what we got in here is worth defending. It's worth standing for. Amen. Well, look at all the people. Well, at least he preaches the gospel. <laughs> look at all the people that get saved. Number one, you don't know if they got saved or not. And number two, the spiritual barometer, amen. I mean, listen, it's not the fact. Uh, is it, the fact is, is it biblical? Is it right? Is it truth? Amen. All right. Amen. The overcoming. You say, what did he do? He stood. He stood and he swung what he had. I don't know what that was. I don't know if he did it with the bare hands. I don't know if he did do it with the mic stand. I don't know if he did it with the bitty club. I don't know if he did it with a maul. I don't know if he did it with a ball bat. I don't know exactly how he did it with a sword. I don't know exactly how he did it. And there may be, you, you may understand, and it may be in there somewhere. But here's what he did. He just stood up and he said, worldliness, you're not coming in here. Contemporary worship, you're not coming in here. Amen. You're not going to come in. A godliness ungodliness, you ain't coming in here. People mock at that word, ungodly. Jude verse 4, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15, to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed. And the Bible said in all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them, how that they told you there should be mockers, verse 18, and the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. He said, you're not bringing the Philistine way in here. Friend, it's not optional. This is vital. It's vital. One man stood. I believe one church can stand. Now listen, I like having fellowship, and I'll go ahead and say this. I'll go ahead. If you can, you make plans for this. This is not on the calendar. But believe it or not, someone has asked us to come or asked me to come and preach. All right? On a, it, it's uh, it Canaan land. All right? And Lord willing, Canaan land. And that'll be the fifth Sunday night in April. They want the youth choir to come. They want to have a youth meeting that night. Brother Avery has texted me. And I'm going to text him back by looking at our, what we all we got going on. We got that family camp in April and all that kind of stuff going on. So Lord willing, April 30th, I'd like to take the youth choir up there. That's the fifth Sunday night. So we'll have our fellowship up there, okay? And that's good. Brother Jamie, I like having fellowship with other churches in our area. I do. I mean, we're not, we're not some holier than whatever. 
and we don't think we are, and we don't think we got it, and, you know, we don't think we're the perfect whatever. I know I'm not a perfect pastor. All right, I'll start with that. We can have fellowship, but I'm going to tell you this, friend. The day that we quit battling, Brother Mike, and the day that we quit standing, and it don't have to be harping, and it don't have to be belligerent, and it don't have to be belittling people, but the day that we start easing up and say, you know what, we got it all together. You know what, we got this thing licked. Look how, look how God's blessing. Look at this and look at that. That's exactly when the Philistines showed up at harvest time when it looked like the blessings was there. They want what Shema had. And Shema said, nope, ain't going to happen. Not on my watch. Everybody else run off. Everybody else left. Make all excuses that you want to. Say, well, oh my, I'm going to get in trouble right here. Make all excuses as you want to. You say, all, you say anything you want to. Some people just want to go somewhere where they can get by. And listen, we got great people in this church, the best church on planet earth and the best people on planet earth. But the preacher, Miss Jimmy, when I, when I got saved, the preacher preached against some things I was doing. Or somebody dealt with things in my life and I can say, well, you know, I, I don't have to put up with this. I can go, wow, wow, brother Randy, just come on over here, son. Why, we'll give you a position. We'll make you the, we'll, we'll put you over the, the committee here. No, I said, you know what, I want to go somewhere. What led me to Concord Baptist Church was the fact that I knew a man by the name of Sammy Allen that when he got up to preach, he wasn't going to do no disclaimer. Amen. He said, I'm going to stand. Amen. But what happened here, the one who really won the victory was God. I'm going to, I'm going to read this and I'll be done. And y'all could have said amen right there, but all right. said, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. He slew the Philistines. The Bible said this, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Shema wasn't the one that got the pat on the back. They didn't nobody notice Shema really, but God. And ain't that what ain't that all that matters? That's not good English, I know that. But isn't that all that matters? Is at the end of the day, God says, Shema, you stood alone. You stood your ground with nobody else around, and the Lord gets every bit of the honor and every bit of the glory. Let's everybody stand.